Hey, we really are glad to be with you guys, and I know Susie's had a wonderful time with the girls, and she's actually hoping that I'll fall down and tap something will happen so she can preach this morning. And, but I told her that even if though she left my Bible at home, that I would still use hers because it's the same Bible, and it uh, doesn't work. Anyway, <clears throat> listen, guys, just in what we're experiencing, I love this new building. It's excellent that you can all meet together as a family like this, and, you know, it's obviously the Lord's got some great plans for you, but... As we were just entering in, I, I just really want to talk about this place of the Holy Spirit and just how many times even the songs we're singing, the things we talk about, we always talk about this amazing love and the, the, the presence of the Spirit. And sometimes I think what happens to us, we, we kind of lose concept of who, what, and where the Holy Spirit is and what he wants to do in our life. And I think sometimes it becomes the, the untouchable subject, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, and get, get, get weird and take on an accent or shake, rattle, and roll, whatever it may be. And people just like totally freak out when you talk about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like getting all dressed up and having no place to go. You say, what are we here for? I don't know, but we're supposed to look nice, so we are. And, and that's how it is. And we never really get to enter into that place of the freedom of the Spirit. And so we kind of, it leaves us wanting. And I think, you know, I've been in ministry for quite a while, and I think that some of the things that we do, and even the way we've been taught, and even the way we do church, sets a platform for performance mentality, where we almost expect something to happen, like, you can't get touched unless someone up here lays hands on you. You can't really be free unless someone gives a word to you. Or, you know, it's just that, you know, now come forward. Well, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't up here. He's with me, but, you know, he's not, he's all around the room. And in that, we just need to learn to engage him and talk to him right where he's at. In fact, in in Luke, no, it's actually John, John chapter 16, you know, Jesus, he's talking to the disciples, and he says this to them. Now, think about how radical this is. He's talking to the disciples, and he says, listen, guys, I'm going to go away, but it's to your benefit, because the one I'm going to send to you is actually going to be with you forever forever. And he's going to counsel you. He's going to guide you. And everything you don't understand, he's going to whisper to you and tell you the things so you can understand the things you haven't been able to understand when I've been with you. Now, I don't know about you, but just to think of the thought that Jesus is going to leave and he says, it's better for me to go. It's like, no way, dude, come on. Let's talk about this. What do you mean you're going to leave me and it's going to be better? That isn't the way it's supposed to be. You're going to be with me forever. You know? And he says, no, you don't understand. This is the essence. This is the whole reason. From the separation from the garden, when you were no longer allowed to have fellowship with God as man was created, God put in place a plan that man would be reunited with him in union of spirit, that we could walk in the fullness and know God as we are intended to know him, and we can only do that through the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, the spook, Casper the friendly ghost. No, the third person of the Godhead. And he's just as good and just as wonderful as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we don't have to freak out when he comes into a room. One of the things we like to talk about in the Holy Spirit is that we want to learn to be spiritually natural and naturally spiritual. But because we don't really, we're not really comfortable with that, uh, and again, just the way we're kind of brought up in the kingdom, we don't really have an understanding of what it does, what it means to be natural in the Holy Spirit. I mean, how do you hang out with the Spirit? You know, well, it's just, it's just really difficult. 
And we don't even know what the Spirit will take care of. We don't know how to pray. I mean, like, friends, I was wondering this morning, and I'm pretty confident in this, that can you pray for your favorite football team to win? Just in case. Lord, help the Cowboys today. And uh, <laughs> I just did that for Antley's sake because I know that's what he's doing. He's praying for interceding for Favre today, but then it can happen, you know. All right, anyway. But in that, you know, it, it is, we, we just kind of, we, we kind of talk around God because we don't really want to offend him. You know, I love the song that Paul wrote there, you know, that his love and, and the prodigal son thing, you know, as you look at those things, you know, have you ever noticed how people pray? Because we're not really, you know, it's like, we don't want to really be bold. We don't want to be presumptuous, but we really want to get the message across. So we kind of talk to him like he's standing over here. And we're like, Lord, we just want to lift up Antley to you today because, you know, really, he's really been, you know, it's been really bad. And really just want to get, but Lord, we know that he's got sin in his life. So if you're trying to teach him something, you know, you do whatever you need to do. You know, but just in case, Lord, we just really want you to know that he's there. And, you know, we could use him here and... You know what I mean? And we don't really come and say, you know, Lord, we, we would, would ask you to intervene right now and just come and bring healing. How could you say that? Well, it's simple. His best, his love, his spirit is really looking for us, and he would bring us comfort. You know, the, the, the little thing, WWJD, what does that mean? Oh, Paul, you said it was, we wanted Jack Daniels. I, I, what, what, the, what the heck? <laughs> I, that just ruins my whole teaching here. Oh, you know, uh, all right. <clears throat> but what would Jesus do? Is, is, it's really simple. What would Jesus do if he walked in this room right now? Would he heal you? Would he set you free? Would he take the burden off your heart? Would he set your mind at rest? Would he help your children? Would he help you? You know, what would Jesus do? And see, that's the spirit of the spirit. And that's what Jesus would do. He wouldn't come in, grab you, throw you on the ground, grab you by the neck, make you foam with the mouth, and say, now, how do you like that? You know, it's like, <laughs> please touch me, but not like that, you know. And, you know, you know if you come in, you know, demons leave gently, you know, right? <clears throat> and that's kind of how we do it. I was reading the scripture in Matthew chapter 27, and I want to read this to you. I think this is a really interesting verse. I think you're all familiar with it. Verse 50 says this. This is on the cross. Jesus shouted out again and released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, tombs were open. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection. They went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were, uh, were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. They said, this man was truly the son of God. Well, a couple points here. First of all, when Jesus said, when he died, he says he released his spirit. And something happened in the temple. The curtain was torn from the top to the bottom. And that place that used to be off limits or was only available once a year to a very selected group, one person, was allowed to go in and hang out with the Spirit of God. 
It was really easy. You wondered where God was. He was behind curtain number one. That was all there was to it. He lived behind that curtain. He lived in that place. How many of you saw Raiders? Okay, you Ra- lost Ark, not the team. But, you know, the, like that. And when you know, opened up, ah, you know, that's, you know, if you went in there, you would have died. You would not have made it. And even if you were a priest and you went in with the wrong attitude or hadn't got yourself all set up, you would drop dead if you walked into that room without the proper situation. But when Jesus was on the cross and he said he released the spirit, that curtain was torn, guess what? The spirit was no longer in that room any longer. Guess where he was? He was released everywhere. In fact, if you go to a synagogue today and you walk behind and go into where the Torah is, guess what? You won't drop dead. You might get beat up, but you won't drop dead, all right? You can go in there and you're not going to find that presence. You're not going to find that situation that was there before this moment in time. But at that very moment, the Spirit of God was released back to planet Earth. And what happened? I mean, this is a radical thing. You know, we always like our Christianity to be a little cookie-cutter, clean-cut, middle-class America, Western Christianity, right? Check this out. Night of the living dead. You know, the earthquake comes, tombs opens up, and dead people... Get up and start going, whoa, why did they dress me in this? Okay, it's like they're looking around, right? And can you imagine you just put your mother-in-law away and here she comes back? Oh, my, oh, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> be careful. Okay, so, you know, I mean, this is just a radical thing. I like that joke. I, I, I know, you know, her mom stayed with us over the holidays. All right, all right. So anyway, you, you got this situation where, I mean, this is the night of the living dead. This is the zombies or whatever you want to call it. Here it is. And this is Christianity, by the way. It shook the earth. And dead people got up. Why? Because when the presence of the Holy Spirit comes, things cannot remain the same. Now, did anyone go around each tomb? Rise up, rise up, rise up. Didn't happen. He just moved. And when we come into the presence of God, it's similar. There's a shaking that goes on in our lives. God begins to look at the tombs that we're sealing up things, like as Paul alluded to. Some of the things that we're carrying, some of the things that we, you know, we have preconceived ideas of what we think and what we believe and what God can do and how well God can do it. And does he really want to do it? You know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, bless one, let the rest go is, you know, is almost the concept. And not everybody gets blessed in church, right? But in this, the Lord just says, I'm coming right here. And I just want you to relax and let my spirit move upon you. Because I want to communicate with you because Jesus again says, listen, it is far better that I go away. That you'll have this living presence of God resident within you on a daily basis. So whatever the need may be, the great I am, that whatever the circumstance of life may be, he will be there to meet that need and minister life to you. How do I do it? How do I pray up? How do I make this happen? Can we sing that song four more times? Surely he'll come then. No, the truth is, guys, it's just open hearts and open minds to him. And, um, and not freaking out when he comes. How many of you have uh, in your house, I know when I was a child, way back then, uh, when, when I was a child, we had the good china. Anybody have the good china? 
I, I don't know who it was for because we never used it. But it was always for, like, the queen, I know, the president, you know. When they come to our house, you know, we're going to use the good china. My parents are dead now. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, we never used the stuff. And sometimes that's how it is in church. We're waiting for the good ch- Well, when the Holy Spirit comes on that day, listen, get down the plates. Get out the crystal. Here comes Jesus. And he wants to walk among us in a very natural, free way. And he wants us to enjoy the dinner and not freak out. Because, see, even if you used the good china, can you imagine if you chipped the china? I mean, you're going to hell. That's all there is to it, you know. <laughs> and so in, the, in that, when we, when we get to a place of walking in the fullness of the Spirit, what happens when we, we just don't know how to re- react when he comes into the room? So we, we think, okay, he, He's coming now. And we get a little, you know, almost like a seance. Light the candles, lower the light. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? I feel pretty good. Ooh, you know, you know and, and we get that thing going. And so when the Holy Spirit does come, oh, I, I feel something. That's me. I'm touching you. Oh, okay. You know, it, it, it's, you know, we're just not in that free flow. But what he wants us to do, now listen to my terms here carefully. He wants us to become familiar, not flippant but familiar with his presence. He doesn't want you to come in, jump on the furniture, you know, climb on top of the tables and swing on the chandeliers. But he doesn't want you also to sit there, well, I'm just afraid to go inside either. He wants you to be familiar and comfortable with being in his presence. And the way you do that is it's, it's pretty simple. We have a friend that says this. We, we say it so much, it's worse now saying it. Shared experience breeds intimacy. So the more I'm with him, the more comfortable I feel in his presence. And I know what he would do. I know how he would respond. I know what he would want to have happen. It's like being married. You know, how many of you men know that your wife doesn't have to say anything? She just gives you the look. It's like, ah, I'm melting. Okay, no, but you know, it's like you, uh, the, the look is enough, right? You know, you know if you're in the good favor. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, all right, but you, you, you know if you're in trouble, if you're not in trouble, you know when things are good and you know when things are bad. How come? Because you spend time with that person, right? So all she's got to do is look. And when you're with the Holy Spirit and you've been with him in that common place and you're familiar with him, all he's got to do is just blow on you. All he's got to do is touch you. All he's got to do is whisper in your ear. You don't have to be picked up, shake, rattle, and roll freak out just for him to get to you to say, I love you, right? So again, what we have to begin to do is break down a little bit of the preconceived idea of how that happens. Well, the Lord, it says this in the scripture, that his eye, the eye of the Lord roams throughout all the earth, and he's looking to see whose heart is turned towards him, that he might strongly support them in all that they do. So guess what? God is looking for you. God is looking to heal you, to set you free, to take off all those things, all that rejection, all that fear, all that insecurity, all that separation. He is looking for you to bring about freedom in your life. You know the scripture that says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes into the Father but by me. A lot of people get upset. Well, how could Jesus be so radical and just say that? He's so limited, man. Like, there's plenty of ways to find God. But that's not what that scripture means. 
And this, I love this. What that scripture means is this. I am the only one looking for you. Out of all the other gods and all the other things on earth, I got news for you. I am the one who's pursuing you. I am the one who's bringing you truth. I am the one who's bringing you life. I am the one who would bring you into a place of completeness. You don't have to fight me. I'm looking for you. For God so loved the world, what? He gave his son. I'm the only one who came. Doesn't that make it a little bit different? Doesn't make it a little bit more mind-expanding? Doesn't make it a little bit more relaxed to find out that it's not like, oh, great, Paul slipped in. What do we do now? We'll make a plan. But to know, actually, that he knows us by name, and he chose us. And uh, I love that. I love that. That he really does care for each and every one of us. And what he wants to do is meet the need in your life. He wants to diffuse that tension. He wants to diffuse the preconceived ideas of his presence. And he wants to visit us. So this morning, I thought we could, I mean, just give that a go and just see what happens. I mean, how many of you, just for a show of hands, are going to white roof for the cow? No, uh, how many of you are really this morning in need of a visitation of some type from God? Cool. We qualify then, don't we? Because we're hungry. We're hungry. And we want something from God, right? So what do we do? Paul, could you sing that song slower and now we'll really, no. What is it? What do I don't know about Ed that we keep him in this cage? (laughs) Don't bring him back up on stage right now. I'm making me nervous. All right. (laughs) But, you know, we don't have to create an atmosphere. We just have to open up our hearts. And so let's, let's let's just try this for a moment. Let's wait on the Lord. Now, even saying that, it's like, okay, wait on the Lord. (laughs) You know, relax. Mellow out. Take a little California. You know, just, you know, don't, you don't have to, you don't have to create it. Just, it's, you know, have you ever, you know, any of you play golf and they say, now don't breathe out when you're swinging? Didn't that just destroy your day? (laughs) You hyperventilate, you die, you know. That was the worst tip I ever got, you know. <laughs> come, Holy Spirit. Lord, would you, would you come right now? Would you visit us? Lord, we're really in a place of need right now. We are people that we know, even though we're not sure how, but we know we're called by you. We just really need a touch of you. We need to see you like you really are. And Holy Spirit, I I would ask that you would just come into this room right now and bring life and liberty. Bring hope. Bring reassurance. Bring that peace that passes all understanding. Come, Holy Spirit. Now we're going to do something that's just a little bit uncomfortable, and that's we're going to sit and be quiet for a moment. And as you're sitting there, I want you to hear that small, still voice begin to speak to you. <laughs>